Have you ever been driving down the road and come stop to at a stoplight and you're behind a couple of cars at the stoplight and the light turns green and the car in front of you doesn't immediately go? You ever been in that scenario? Have you ever been in that scenario and 10 seconds go by? By the time you get to 30 seconds, the weight is such a burden that you find yourself laying on the horn and saying things about the person in front of you that you ordinarily would not say. Are you with me on that? Now, what if I came up to you after the service and I said, I'm so glad you're here. In fact, I was thinking about you this week, hoping you'd be here. And I got a little something for you. I got a little gift for you, hoping you'd be here and I'd be able to give it to you today. It's over in my office. It'll take me like two minutes to go get it. Would it be okay if you waited for me for just a couple minutes while I go get that gift for you? You'd probably be like, yeah, that'd be great. I suspect that at the 32nd mark of me going and getting that gift, you would not be sitting there saying, what is his problem? Why is he not hurrying? You'd probably sit there for that first minute thinking to yourself, that was very thoughtful of him. I cannot believe he got me something. At the two-minute mark, if I'd not shown up, you'd not be sitting there thinking to yourself, two minutes is up, where is he? You'd be like, hey, this is going to be so cool. If I walked in somewhere in the two to three minute mark and gave you this gift, you would be so grateful. You would think it's amazing. You'd leave thinking that was so thoughtful. Isn't it interesting that there are some times that waiting is a burden and sometimes waiting is not a burden? It's interesting to me that there are some things in some circumstances that feel like a tremendous burden and then there are circumstances where the very same thing doesn't feel like a burden. I think we all prefer when things don't feel like a burden. So let's read in 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves, and your translation is probably going to say Father. If you have a little footnote in your Bible, you're going to notice that the literal translation is something like the one who begets. So it's using a familial term. And so I'm going to translate it as father, but just understand that the literal translation is the one who gives birth or the one who begets, all right? So everyone who loves the one who begets or the father loves the one born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and we do his commands. For this is love for God, that we keep his commands. And his commands are not a burden. Because everyone who has been born 
of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory of the one who overcomes the world, our faith. And who is the one who's victorious over the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. First John chapter 5, verse 1 says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. Everyone who believes in Jesus Christ has been made brand new. You've been made brand new. You've been given a new heart. You've been given a new life. The Holy Spirit has come to live with you so that you have new power and new presence so that you can experience new life. You have been born again. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, you have been born of God and you've been given a brand new life. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God and loves the Father. You've been made a part of a brand new family. You've been given a brand new life. You've been brought into a brand new family. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you've been born of God, made brand new, and brought into a brand new family. It requires that you believe in Jesus Christ, that you place your faith in Jesus Christ, that you believe Jesus is the Christ. Notice later in verse 5, it equates Jesus and believing he is the Christ to believing Jesus is the Son of God. What does it mean to believe in Jesus Christ as the Messiah, to believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God? It means that you believe everything the Bible says about Jesus. It means that you believe that Jesus Christ is God taken on flesh, who came and lived here on the earth a perfect, sinless life and gave his life on the cross because of sin. And he paid the penalty of sin in full on the cross by way of his death that he rose again from the dead overcoming sin and death and now he will return one day for his church for those who believe he is the Christ and the Son of God. If you believe in Jesus Christ as the Messiah and the Son of God, then you believe that everything in life is meant for you to be aligning who you are, what you think, your attitudes, your actions, everything about who you are, aligning yourself with Jesus Christ, who he is and what he says every single day for the rest of your life. We, we ter- use a term here called following Jesus. That's synonymous with this idea of believing in him. If you believe in him, you're going to follow him. You're going to align your life with him and who he is for the rest of your lives. If you believe in him, you believe that there is no salvation. There is no forgiveness of sins. There is no eternal life outside of trusting in Jesus Christ. The only way to be saved is through faith in Jesus Christ. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ... And he is the Son of God. You believe he is who he said he is. And you trust him with everything that you are. 
And the scripture says if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, you've been born of God. Brand new life, brand new family. Now notice what he says. Everyone who loves the Father loves those who have been born of him. If you've been made brand new, you've been brought into a brand new family, you love your new family. One of the things that I noticed over the Christmas holidays is our family all rolled in together. You know, over the last five years, we've had two of our kids move off and get a life of their own. And so when they come home and visit, operative word, visit, it's really fun to watch the kids interact. And as a dad, I sit there and watch their relationship unfold. And it's like this instant reconnection. They come together in the same room and you see all the dynamics of siblings. And it is just cool to see their connection. You see, as brothers and sisters, they share a common history of experiences. They share common values of living up, growing up in the same family. And because they share those common experiences, those common values, they came from the same family. There's something about their love for each other that says, I'm going to stick with you no matter what. You are my brother. You are my sister. We are in together. We are tight because we are family. When you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you've been made brand new and you've been brought into a brand new family. And your new family is the family in which you live and love. The way that we express love for God, having been born of God, made brand new and brought into a new family, is to love our new forever family. There's a lot of gravity to this description. Because this description means that the way I relate to my forever family my brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, right here in this room, right here in this fellowship, the way that I relate to each one of my brothers and sisters is the way I relate to God. The way I love my church family is the way that I love God. Love God. Love people. The two greatest commandments. Keep reading with me here what this says. Verse 2. You'll notice when we reread verse 2, you're going to see an additional element added to the concept of loving God. Look at this. In this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and we keep his commandments. Loving God, keeping commandments. Look at verse 3. This is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. Okay, so God has caused us to be born again through our faith in Jesus Christ so that we are made brand new. 
and we are brought into a brand new family because of God's love for us to make us brand new through our faith in Jesus Christ, we now get to experience love for a forever family. And the way we love our forever family is the way we love God. And the way that we love our forever family is to love God and to keep his commandments. And loving God is keeping his commandments. You following this? Loving God is keeping his commandments. What if a husband one day brings his wife some flowers and the wife says, wow, thank you. What is the occasion? And the husband says, obedience. I'm just trying to be an obedient husband. Is that going to go over very well? When we read in the scripture here that loving God is keeping or obeying his commands, we've got to do a little heart check here. Because sometimes we have the tendency to see obedience as a have to and love as a want to. And what we're being told here is that loving God is keeping the commands. And there's a lot more want to than have to in that statement. And so I'm really thankful that verse 3 says that his commands are not a burden. His commands are not a burden. Keeping his commands is not a burden. Now, I need a little clarity around that. Because I know that I need Jesus Christ exclusively because his commands were an overwhelming burden in my life. I I can't keep the commands. I must keep the commands I cannot keep the commands because they are too great a burden for me to keep all the commands. In fact, everyone in this room is a sinner and a command breaker. Everybody in this room has broken the commands of God. The burden of the commands and obeying them perfectly we have failed in. The burden is far too great. So how is it That keeping the commands is not a burden. When we have trusted in Jesus Christ as the Messiah, the Son of God, something changes. Something radically changes. And it changes the keeping of commands from the sense of have to, a burden that we fail in, to a sense of want to. Something radically happens and changes who we are. The first change we've already mentioned from verses 1 and 2. We've been made brand new. And we've been brought into a brand new family. When we place our faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ changes who we are. He changes 
who we are so that we can be a part of his family. And we are changed because of God's love for us. Because God loved us, he sent his son Christ to die for us. And if we place our faith in him, we experience the benefits of God's love, which are a change to who we are. So the first thing that changes, that moves us from seeing the commands of God to a burden, to seeing the commands of God as no longer a burden, is that we have been changed and brought into a new family because of God's love. About 27 years ago, I, uh, I shared some vows with Lindley. And I want to share with you the vows that I was supposed to say on that day. Here's what I was supposed to say. I offer myself completely to you to be your husband in marriage. I promise to love you with all my heart, to be true and faithful, patient, kind, and unselfish in this love. I promise to stand beside you always in times of joy, in times of trial, in times of sorrow. I dedicate our marriage and our home to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Those are the words I was supposed to say. But honestly, those words were too great a burden. And so instead of those words, I said this. I offer myself to you as much as I want to and when I want to. I promise to love you with all my heart when I feel like it. Because to love you all the time would be a burden. I'll be true and faithful until it's inconvenient. I'll be patient, kind, and unselfish when it benefits me most. I will stand beside you always. And what I mean by that is I will stand beside you when you're fun to stand beside. <laughs> like in times of joy. But in times of trial and sorrow, I can't guarantee anything. I pledge myself to myself in love. I didn't say those second vows. <laughs> I did say the first set of vows. And I can tell you, when I said those vows 27 years ago, I did not wince in saying those vows because they felt like they'd be a burden. They didn't feel like they'd be a burden when I said them, even though I knew they would be difficult at times. They didn't feel like a burden when I said them because of love. The reason that God's commands are not a burden for those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ is because when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, you have been made a brand new person and placed into a brand new family because God loves you. Love changes everything. It's, it's the love of God for you that changes the way you view the commands. And you know that his love for you is something that changes you. And so the commands don't seem the same burden because it's about love. And it's about family. 
In John chapter 16, Jesus describes a woman who is pregnant, who gives birth to a baby. And he describes the woman as experiencing pain in childbirth. But as soon as the baby is born, forgetting the suffering of childbirth because of the joy of bringing a new child, her child, into the world. I can't relate to that, but it makes sense to me. There's something about being family that changes the way you see something difficult. God is not telling us that his commands still aren't a challenge. What he's saying is, because I love you, And because I brought you into my family, the way you should see my commands should be completely and totally changed. That's the first change that happens. The the second change that happens is found in verses uh, 3 through 5. Let's let's reread that for us. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome, because... Everyone who's been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory. This is the victory which overcomes the world. Our faith. Who is the one who overcomes the world? But the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Here's the second change. We are victorious through our faith in Jesus. So when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, he loves us and he makes us brand new and he brings us into his family so that everything we experience from him through his commands is an expression of love to which we respond. And he gives us through our faith in Jesus Christ the victory of Jesus Christ so that our victory is not found in keeping the commands our victory is found through faith in Jesus Christ who kept all the commands there's not a single person in this room that can perfectly keep the commands of God they're far too great a burden but Jesus Christ came and amidst all the temptations we ever face he kept every command perfectly he's the perfect command keeper And Jesus Christ, by keeping the commands perfectly, has offered us through faith in him the victory of a command keeper. So that when we place our faith in Christ, we are victorious over the world. In in, in essence, we are experiencing the victory of Jesus over the world that has been given to us as a gift through faith. The second thing that changes is we get to enjoy the victory of Christ by way of our faith. Think about it like this. If if you asked me, what do I need to do as a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it look like to be a Christian? And I was going to explain to you what it looked like to be a Christian. Let's just... Let's just take, for example, let's make this backpack here what it means to be a Christian, what it looks like to be a Christian. And let's say that I said to you, hey, what you need to do to be a Christian, you need to make sure that you read your Bible. All right? you, you've got to read your Bible if you're going to follow Jesus Christ. And so 
we're going to put that, that weight of reading your Bible on your life. You, you've got to read the Bible if you're a Christian. You also, you also need to make sure you pray. You need to pray if you're going to, to, to be a Christian. You're going to follow God. You have to be a person who prays. You've also got to be somebody who, who goes to church. You've got to go to church and you've got to do all the church stuff. And, and so I tell you, you've got, to, you've got to go to church. And I tell you, here's, here's the big one. You've got to give some of your money to the church. It's like, whoa, that's really heavy. Yeah, that's what you got to do if you're a Christian. If you're a Christian, you got you to do those things. Now, that's what it means to be a Christian. So, all right. All right, let's run the race. Got to unbutton here. Let's run the race as a Christian. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to feel the weight of that burden. You're going to find yourself crushed under the weight of the commands. Our our victory is not found in keeping the commands. Our victory is found in believing Jesus Christ kept the commands for us. So what what does that mean? Here's, Here's what it means. Check this out. You don't have to You don't have to read your Bible to be saved. No. You don't have to read your Bible to go to heaven. Now, Jesus Christ kept the commands for you, and he loved you so much that he went to the cross to die for you and your command breaking. You don't have to do any of that to get the favor of God. God's given you his favor through your faith in Jesus Christ. You don't have to read the Bible. But God has given you His Word so that you can know Him, so you can align your life with who He is and what He knows is best for you. God loves you. He's made you brand new. He's put you in a brand new family. And he's given you his word so you could know him and you could align your life with him for the joy he set before you in Christ. So you could experience a little bit of the victory of Christ every day the rest of your lives until Jesus Christ brings full and final victory on the day he comes for his church. Now, you don't have to read your Bible. But if you're part of God's family, you want to. You want to. You don't don't have to pray to be forgiven. You you don't have to pray to go to heaven. No, see, Jesus Christ, he forgave you of all your command breaking so that you don't have to keep the commands anymore. He kept them for you. But what he told us is that God our Father, because we're a part of a brand new family, is waiting to hear the cry of his children. And at every cry of every one of his kiddos, he's listening to everything they say and he's ready to answer what they're asking. And he's ready to answer it in a way that it's best for us and best for his glory. He's ready to bring the power of the kingdom of heaven to disposal at your need. He is ready to respond to you. He's listening. No, you don't have to pray. No, as a part of God's family, we want to. Because he's listening to us. He loves us. You don't, you don't have to go to church to go to heaven. 
It's not like that. But God's brought you into a brand new family. And he's made it a family of love. Where we are encouraged to follow him. Now, God doesn't want you to think about coming to church as a have to. He wants you to see his love, his care for you, his provision of a church family in such a way that you respond by saying, I want to be with your people and to love them like you love me, sacrificial and forgiving. You, you don't have to give your money to the Lord. To get God's favor. He doesn't need your money. But when God loved you. And leveraged all of heaven for you. And poured out the riches of his glory. Through Christ on you. By Christ becoming poor. On our behalf, so that we might have the riches of Christ. It's no longer about have to, it's about want to, because we know that the things that God has given us, we can give a portion of those things back to the Lord for the expansion of the kingdom of God. We've been brought into a new family with a new father, with a new love, a forever family, a forever love, and we get to experience a forever victory. And why wouldn't we want to further that cause and expand the kingdom out of what? God has given us. It's not about having to give. It's about wanting to give and make sure the kingdom of God is spread across the world. It's, it's not about keeping the commands. It's about trusting the command keeper. And in trusting the command keeper, we get to experience the victory of Jesus Christ every single day because he loves us because he's brought us into a new family and he's given us his victory. And all of a sudden, we understand when Jesus says in Matthew eleven thirty, 30, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Isn't that amazing? So what do you do when the burden of command keeping feels like a burden? What do you do when command keeping feels like a burden because command keeping is hard? We're not saying that keeping the commands is easy. Out of the want to, it can be a challenge. So what do you do when the command keeping feels like a burden because the command keeping is hard? What's it going to look like this week when you wake up in the morning and you feel like reading your Bible is more like a have to than a want to. Just take off that backpack and dig that burden of have to read the Bible out of your backpack. And just give that burden over to Jesus Christ. And say to Jesus, I know you've kept all the commands for me that you love me and that you're inviting me by way of your love into an experience of hearing you speak to me in a life-changing way. So I'm going to focus on your love for me 
And I'm not going to operate from the standpoint of your commands being a burden. See, what do you do when you just focus on God's love for you? And then you take advantage of being in a brand new family. You know, sometimes when I'm struggling with reading the Word of God and it feels like a burden to me because it's hard, that's like a red flag going off. You need to refocus on the love of God because that changes everything. You need to refocus on being in the family of God because there's somebody else in this family who probably understands right where I'm at. And if I just reach out of them, you know what they'll do for me? They'll encourage me. They'll pray for me. They'll love me when I am not really that lovable. And all of a sudden, being under the Father's love and in the family's love, I am moved beyond the burden of keeping the command because it's hard. And I will strive through the command keeping because I want to. And something changes. Something amazing happens. And I get to taste victory. The victory of Jesus Christ in my command keeping. Do not ever forget that every command keeping as a child of God is not your victory. It's the experience of Jesus' victory so that we get to know that we love God. What about when the command keeping feels more like a burden because we have failed to keep a command. You ever been there? I suspect we'll be there sometime this week when we will realize we have failed to keep a command. And in failing to keep a command, we will feel a burden of command keeping and we'll feel that weight. Have you felt that weight? of failing to keep a command, and all of a sudden the commands feel like a burden. Well, you just take that backpack off. You reach inside that backpack and you grab that burden of failing to keep a command. And you keep a command. 1 John 1.9, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and he is just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Isn't it marvelous that God in his love has made a remedy for our failing to keep a command by way of keeping a command? Isn't that beautiful? And so by way of keeping a command, confessing your sin, you're brought back into the light of God's goodness and Christ's victory. So that then in your forgiveness of your sin, you don't feel the burden of command keeping. You feel the freedom of Jesus Christ's command keeping, which has been leveraged to your life so that you might experience Christ's victory even in your failure. And from that point, you come under, 1 John chapter 2, the advocacy of Jesus Christ who stands before God the Father, petitioning on your behalf, mediating for your righteousness, calling upon the favor of God that is only due Jesus Christ to be dispensed towards you and under the favor of God because the victory of Christ, just take that little burden that you confessed and that sin where you failed to keep the command and you say, Lord, I want 
want to leave that sin behind a little bit more today because of the victory of Jesus Christ. I will not be burdened by command keeping because I know the command keeper. And I want to follow you. I'm going to follow you in confession. I'm going to follow you in leaving that sin behind. God's love, God's family, God's victory changes everything. This is the love of God, to love people and to keep his commands. And that, because of Christ, is not a burden at all.